Amen, saints. Let's start our meeting tonight. Let's enjoy this part regarding how God takes care of the need of his children. This is a wonderful portion we would like to see from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. But before we go to chapter 9, we would like to enjoy this hymn. Uh, how lovely is thy dwelling place. How he cares for us. We are just like the fragile sparrow. And how he cares for us and place us in his house. That is hymn number 851. Let's enjoy this hymn.
Blessed are those men indeed, trusting in thee, they are made strong. Highways to Zion in their hearts, the way they care not, rough or long. Amen. How lovely is thy dwelling place. Yes. Within thy courts I long to be. Thy presence, Lord, my spirit craves. Amen. For this, my heart cries out to thee. Amen. 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 At thy bent offering altar, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thy incense altar blessed. Amen. Amen. Finds a home and follows her nest. Amen. 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 Not one. Sing world thou withhold from those who walk in uprightness. Yes, Blessed yes. is the man that trusts in thee with grace yes. and glory measureless. Amen. 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 Thou, thou art the sun, thou art a shield, Amen. thou grace and glory wilt supply Amen. thy presence and thy very self. My Amen. need and fullness satisfy. Amen. 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 When living in thy house, find rest. Yes. On the altar's blood. Yes. In the incense blessed. Amen. 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 How those men indeed. Amen. Trusting in thee, they are made strong. Yes. I wait Amen. in their hearts. Mm. The way Amen. they cannot, cannot. rough, rough or long. Amen. 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 Better a day within thy courts than yes. days a thousand, I would tell. Amen. I'd rather let thy threshold stand 
than yeah. in the wicked stands dwell. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. How blessed Amen. are those men indeed. Oh, Amen. trusting in thee, they are made stronger. Amen. High way to Zion is in their hearts. Amen. The way they cannot. Oh, the way they cannot. Rough all long. Amen. 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 How lovely is your dwelling place. Amen. Within Amen. your courts we long to be. Amen. Your praise, our spirit cries. Amen. 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 Our Lord cries out to you. Amen. 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 My spirit craves. Amen. 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 For this my heart cries out to thee. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. You are a son and a child. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Oh, your grace and glory will supply. Your yeah. presence Amen. and your very self, my need in fullness, satisfy. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, from strength to strength they go. Amen. And all before Amen. the Lord in Zion meet. Amen. Amen. Thy own self. Oh, they need thy care and yeah. grace replaced. Amen. Amen. How lovely is thy dwelling place. Amen. 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 I long to be. Amen. 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 This my heart cries out to thee. Amen. Amen. From those who walk in unrighteousness, blessed is the man that trusts in thee with grace and righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Beside reading, I am sure reading is quite good. Is there anybody want to say either any verse or anything related to this hymn? How about let's learn how to speak something from this hymn. I see in my okay. in my hymnal I wrote Psalm 84. 84, yes. Should be 84, you're right. Amen. 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 Blessings of the dwelling place. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Just that, All right, Sister you have something on your hymnal. Tell us something. What have you wrote on your hymnal? Uh, not much on this one. Some I have a lot written. Um, and I've, I notice also everything that is stated in this hymn. It's a good hymn. Uh, shall we say it's a high hymn? And um, I'd rather at thy threshold stand the foretaste of the new Jerusalem. Amen. And that's all I wrote, brother. Okay. Amen. 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 It's, a, it's a psalm of ascent. Uh, go up to Zion. There are yeah. seven blessings. There are Amen. two altars. There's the house, yeah. the highways, yeah. valley. Uh, of springs, yes. God in Zion, a living Amen. God, mm. face uh, of uh, the anointed one, Christ, and threshold. It's a full taste of the new Jerusalem. That's what I've written here. 
<laughs> wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's sing this again. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this again. Amen. Let's enjoy this hymn. Yeah.
Amen. Let's come to the Bible scripture reading for tonight. We'll cover chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians from verse 1 to verse 15. And I hope we all able to get enough time to cover these 15 verses. These 15 verses talking about how Paul continued speaking last week. This is the second half of talking about um, the material possession, how God cares for the need of his children. And this is a kind of, not the, not the law, what you should do, but it is talking about the fellowship, how the apostle fellowship with the believers. This is a very sweet part, <clears throat> that how he encouraged them, and then at the end, bring them into God. The experience God as our grace, as our gift. All right, let's come to this. Let's break up into groups. Let's read uh, chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 15. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I hope uh, all of us had the opportunity to read the entire chapter 9. Um, uh, just a, a quick recap, it's very helpful for us to realize uh, that the section we are covering in 2 Corinthians uh, is related to the ministry concerning the needs of the, uh, the ministry to the saint, the needy saints. It's uh, Paul is fellowshipping with the saints concerning the saints in Corinth, concerning the needs of the saints in Judea, so the, the, the Jewish saints. So you have the Gentile saints, they are under the ministry, they're receiving fellowship from the Apostle Paul, and the fellowship here is that they would be enlarged, they would be reconciled to God, and fellowship with the Jewish saints. And we saw last week, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, uh, in chapter 8, that Paul uh, touches this matter not in a light way. Uh, Paul does not touch this in a circular way. He doesn't touch this in a, um, a fundraising way. But the way Paul touches this, he touches it with much gravity, with a lot of gravity. Paul touches this matter in the view of God's economy. He shared with us that actually, the, the, the saints in um, Macedonia, they had enjoyed the grace of God. And as a result, this grace of God released them. They ended up having a liberality, a kind of a release from the bondage of material possessions so much that they asked the apostles and said to the apostles, brothers, Although we are poor, we are in the depth of our poverty. God's grace, the, the, the resurrected Christ in us whom we are enjoying is releasing us. And we would like to contribute to fellowship with the saints. So they asked the apostles, dear apostles, grant us this grace. We, want, we would like to enter into this grace. We have enjoyed God's grace, but we would like to take part in your grace also, as you are 
ministering to these saints. We would like to contribute. Uh, actually, Paul mentions that he did not expect this. It's not as though they were hoping that the saints would do this. But the, the, they, the saints in Macedonia had enjoyed the Lord so much that they took the initiative and asked the apostles. They gave themselves to the Lord and they gave themselves to the apostles. They said, we want to fellowship. Yes, we don't have much. We are very poor. Uh, actually, the, the word used here, it's very, very touching, brothers and sisters. They were in the depth of their poverty, not just poor, but they were in the, they, the, the poverty had a depth. They were at that depth, at the bottom of poverty. But it was these people, by enjoying God's grace, they were released. Um, this kind of a release caused them to desire to fellowship. Dear apostles, we'd like to fellowship with the saints in Jerusalem and supply to their needs. And Paul here was encouraging the, second, the, the believers in Corinth that actually, brothers, you also had had, had this kind of an intention. Now it's time to uh, 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 take this opportunity to, to, to fulfill your intention. You, you had, last year you began to have this kind of an eagerness, this desire. You, you, you had this kind of a, a, um, something rising in you so as, as you had the intention, so also fill up that intention, fill up that grace. So there was also grace from the Corinth, uh, this, the believers in Corinth. So there was the grace from God. There was the grace from the apostle side. There was also the grace that the Corinthian believers were encouraged to fill up. They had the intention, but Paul was encouraging, okay, now, this is the time, brothers, this is the time for you to, 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 to give, to release this grace. And then Paul shows us that actually the first person to have this kind of a fellowship with us was the Lord Jesus. He was rich, but he became poor so that we would be rich. Actually, the Lord Jesus is the first person. So just as, we had, just as we had enjoyed the grace of the Lord by him giving himself to us, becoming poor for us so that we would be rich, Paul was uh, encouraging the saints in Corinth to also uh, enter into this grace. But Paul, when he encourages the saints in Corinth, he then gives them a practical way for them to fulfill their grace. He sends three brothers. One of them is Titus. Another one is, is not mentioned. Actually, the other two are not mentioned. But what we do know is that one of them is well known among the saints because of his uh, serving in the gospel. He's, he was quite known. So Paul sent Titus to receive the gift from the saints in Corinth. Praise the Lord, the apostle Paul did not touch this matter in a light way. He didn't send a courier. He didn't send UPS or FedEx. He sent 
Titus, a brother who had served the saints in Corinth before. But not only did he send Titus alone, Paul was exercising foresight to care for our brother Titus, that our brother wouldn't be uh, tempted. So he sent Titus together with another two other brothers. But these other brothers had a very good testimony among the churches. So again, in caring for our two brothers, the Apostle Paul doesn't mention their names. So we see here Paul's wisdom in caring for the saints. He sends Titus, who is whom they know, but to cover Titus from the enemy, because when it comes to uh, finances, monetary matters, these things are easily a stumbling block. They are easily a way for the enemy to come in for, for a lot of accusation, for a lot of misunderstanding. This is, this is what the enemy does. But Paul is not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. So he sent Titus, a well-known brother in the church in Corinth, because he had served them previously. So he's trustworthy. They can pass the grace to him, the, the finances to him, but he doesn't send him alone. He sent him with another two brothers. These two brothers are well-known among the churches, but he covers them lest they, they be proud that they, 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 their recognition, they might think, oh, I'm, 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 I'm more recognized. Oh, Brother Paul is very wise in caring for the saints. We really see here his intimate concern. He's not just taking these matters lightly, but he takes these matters in a very uh, stately way. I appreciate it. That's what Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8 uh, revealed to us. But you might say, uh, well, you know, when I read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I thought that was an excellent fellowship from the Apostle Paul. That should be enough. That, you know, it's enough. I, I'm clear concerning the ministry to the needy saints, how to handle it, how to care for the saints in this matter. But Paul doesn't stop at chapter 8. Actually, he goes on to chapter 9. And Paul touches a deep matter. And actually, if we are to uh, cooperate with the Lord for his move on the earth, I, I feel I'm impressed that we need to touch the principles, the, the, the deep thought in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, he says, concerning the ministry to the needy saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Dear saints, it's almost unnecessary. There's no need for me to write to you. For I know your eagerness. You, you have a heart. You have had this heart. Actually, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10, he said that the saints a year ago, they had began to have this kind of an intention to, to give to the needy saints. So he says, it's almost unnecessary. I don't need to even write to you. I know what's in you, your eagerness. You have had this eagerness. And concerning your eagerness to fellowship with the saints, 
I boast, I actually boasted when I was in Macedonia. I told the saints in Macedonia that, wow, the brothers in Corinth, they heard about the saints in Judea, their needs, and they had an intention. So I, I told the Macedonian saints that I'm encouraged. I boasted. The Corinthian believers, when I mentioned this need, they didn't, um, their first, their first in, uh, uh, response was, amen, we would like to fellowship with, uh, with the needy brothers. So this, this is what Paul is saying in verse 2. So the saints had been prepared since last year, and your zeal has stirred up the greater number of them. Actually, the Corinthian believers' eagerness stirred up the Macedonian believers. So, so, so Paul was, was anyway, his sharing was a kind of a blending of the churches. The saints in Macedonia hear about the saints in Corinth. It becomes an encouragement to them. They, the saints in Macedonia, they also would like to contribute and fellowship with the saints in Judea. Well, actually, here, there is a principle. The principle is that God takes care of his people in two ways. Uh, and for that, we need to go to the Old Testament to realize this. In the Old Testament, God took care of his people primarily in the wilderness. He took care of them by sending down manna. He sent down manna, but when they were in Egypt, they actually had to work. The way he took care of them was by uh, a way of a natural law. The way of a natural law is that they sowed, and because they sowed, there would be a reaping. That was one way. And the other way was that the Lord sent down the manna and the children of Israel had to gather. So actually the first part of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is related to the matter of gathering. Here Paul is encouraging the saints in Corinth uh, I'm going to go back to verse 15 of chapter 8 to, to show us this thought. In verse 15, it says, as it is written, he who gathered much had no excess, and he who gathered little had no lack. Actually, this is a quote from Exodus 16, verse 18. There, God was instructing his people how he was to care for their needs in the wilderness. Their day-to-day -day supply came through God's care. God sent manna every day, except for the, the, uh, on the Sabbath. So he sent manna every day, day by day, he sent manna. And this was God's care for their daily needs. So Paul here is saying, Actually, if you look at Israel, every day they had to wake up and gather a certain, according to their eating, according to their, their appetite or according to their capacity of eating. However, even if you gathered a lot, you had no, no excess. There wasn't any extras. Even those who gathered little, they also came out the same. Nobody had a lack. 
actually God's instruction was that they would gather an omer, O-M-E-R, that was the measure, an omer. So the ones who gathered two omers, when the, a lot, when you put it, when you measured it, it came down to an omer. The ones who seemingly gathered a, a little, when you put it down in, when you put it in a, a measuring scale, it came down to an omer. Actually, the point here, what Paul is touching is that in, God, in concerning our daily needs, God has a way of balancing. God has a, a divine and mystical way of balancing. He who gathered a lot did not have excess, did not have more than what they needed. And he who seemingly gathered a little did not have a shortage. The point is for our daily needs, Paul was touching God's way of doing things. You know, uh, I was touched here that Paul is fellowshipping with saints who are not rich. The economic situation in Achaia and possibly in, well, definitely in Macedonia and possibly in, Ache in Achaia, which is where Corinth was, the saints were not affluent. They weren't millionaires. It was these ones Paul was fellowshipping with concerning meeting others' needs. It seems Paul you are asking the wrong people. You should ask the rich brothers and sisters from, from another place. But Paul is, is fellowshipping with these seemingly very poor saints. How could Paul do this? He was either taking a very bad risk where, you know, the saints are poor. They might say, well, brother Paul, if I give, what, what will I eat tomorrow? How will I get by tomorrow? What about my future? How will I survive? Well, Paul was clear concerning God's principle. The one who takes care of our needs, brothers and sisters, is not our gathering. It's not our ability to gather. Actually, God takes care of us in a divine and mystical I would even say miraculous way. This, this, is, this is what I appreciate that if we were to touch this matter, this will allow us to follow the Lord in his move today on the earth. Many a time we are concerned. What about my future? What about how will I get by? And as a result, we may not uh, be open to be one with the Lord for his move. Paul here, he was touching a principle. That is, you gather a lot, you don't have excess. You gather a little, you, know, you don't have a shortage. Paul was touching God's principle. That is, our needs are not met by our ability to gather. Of course, we do need to gather. We have to, we have to gather. But where did the manna come from? It's not something, we're not able to cause manna to come down. Actually, manna came from God. God is the source. He's the one who takes care of all our daily needs. I, I really appreciated this matter, that if we, if we, are, if we touch this matter, uh, we will be able to actually be one with the Lord in many ways, in particular for his move today. 
to care for his need. You know, uh, I, I would like to mention something that really helped me uh, when the Lord resurrected in John 21. The brothers, uh, Peter and the other disciples, they decided to go fishing uh, to care for their daily living. And they, they, they forgot about the Lord's fellowship with them, that they were, he was going to meet them. Uh, he was going to resurrect and he would make them fishes of men. They would care for his move and his propagation on the earth. But they, they were distracted by their daily needs and forgot about the kingdom. It's amazing when the Lord comes to meet Peter, the day before he meets them, the night before, they came, they went to fish. You know, Peter and the disciples, Peter, James, and John, they were not amateur fishermen. They were skilled. They were experienced fishermen. And they were at the Sea of Tiberias. You know, they were not in some small lake. They were at the Sea of Tiberias. They were experienced fishermen. But that night, they gathered nothing. That entire night, they gathered nothing. In the morning, the Lord met them at the seashore and told them, asked them, little children, have you caught anything they said well we've caught nothing all night and the lord said put your net on the other side of the boat they did and they caught a lot of fish and the the boat was beginning to sink and they eventually took the catch what they'd caught to shore and here's my point saints even under the lord's instruction to put the net on one side of the boat they caught a lot. But do you know what? The Lord already had breakfast at the seashore. Their breakfast did not come from what they caught. Their breakfast was supplied by the Lord, not from what they caught. Our income, our working, our jobs, they do not meet our need. It is the Lord who takes care of every one of us. We do need to go to a job, we, as, just as we do need to gather manna, but all of it actually comes from the miraculous supply of the Lord. So actually, when it comes to fellowshipping with other saints, you know, we, we just gather what we need. This is the principle here. Paul is helping the saints in Corinth to realize, brothers, you may gather so much, but the Lord is going to balance out. The Lord is going to balance out. The Lord wants his people to all be the same. You may gather to try to, to make yourself rich. If you gather to make yourself rich, well, it's either going to have worms, just like the ones who tried to keep the manna overnight. The worm ended up being spoiled. The, 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 the manna ended up being spoiled, having worms. So the point is the Lord has a way of balancing. He has a divine and heavenly way of balancing. So we either balance willingly by giving. We could have this kind of a giving 
you know, when we give in this way, our heart is released and our giving is a matter of a blessing. The ones who receive, we are blessing them. Wow, we could either bless or we could have the Lord balance for us. You know, we, we might have a store to, to keep for us. The Lord has a way of balancing. Um, suddenly the car needs a lot of, lot of work. That which we have kept aside for ourselves, eventually the Lord puts wings to, to our money and it flies away. <laughs> the, the point is here. Actually, when we care for the Lord and his people, the Lord takes care of us. This is, this is the principle. This is the first part of how God takes care of his people. He takes care of his people in this kind of a miraculous way by balancing. We may try to gather for ourselves. We should not have this. We should, hopefully none of us, we would allow the Lord, Lord, release me from greed. I would like to be released to fellowship with the saints, to care for the needs of the saints. Um, this kind of a balancing is a willing balancing, which means uh, in verse five, uh, I'll just read this verse and I'll conclude with it. Uh, therefore, I thought it necessary to entreat the brothers, that was Titus and the brothers, to go before you, uh, to go before to you and make ready beforehand your previously promised blessing, that thus this might be ready as a blessing. So, so Paul here is encouraging the saints re, to, to touch God's principle. Brothers, God has a way of balancing. So I am going, I'm sending the brothers ahead that you would willingly participate, touch God's way of balancing. If you touch this way willingly, such a balancing is going to be a blessing. It won't be out of covetousness, but it will be a blessing. Praise the Lord. I hope um, uh, this, this is a, a help to us. It definitely is uh, to me, uh, especially uh, I was touched one brother. He shared with us that the working saints, we need to first learn to budget, to prepare what we need, to, to, to budget what we need, and the rest give to the Lord. If you keep, the Lord will find a way to balance. It's not a threat. It's just God's principle. It's not a threat. It's, it simply is the way God does. He who gathered much had no excess. And he who gathered little had no lack. Paul here was touching this deep principle. And I will stop here. Uh, Brother John will continue. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. This is so sweet about how Paul mentioned about this material fellowship of the saints in Macedonia to the needy saints to God's people. Uh, it's a quite unusual. The saints in Macedonia Macedonia say, you are Jewish, you are God people, you should be rich, you should help us. You are God chosen people. And how 
now the Lord did not bless you. That's number one. And number two, what I saw here is we are in the book of 2 Corinthians, which is the second letter, the second epistle of Paul writing to the saints in Corinth. And if I were Paul, I will not, it's not easy for me to write this part. But just to let you know, the book of 2 Corinth, word, what's the position of this um, fellowship to the needy saints? This part in the picture of 2 Corinthians. In the book of 2 Corinthians, first we saw the work, the ministry of the apostles. That's number one. Paul mentioned to them, what are we doing here? You thought I just come to walk around and then just um, to rebuke you? No, 2 Corinthians is a book, the biography of the apostles. Number one, he showed them what is the work of the ministry. What is the work of the apostles? And secondly, this book talking about the life of the apostles, the life of the ministers, what kind of life we are living. We've been constituted. Our life is a life of shining. Our life that we live a crucified life. <clears throat> and our life is to labor together with God, with all this all-fitting life. This is our living. This is our life. <clears throat> and number three, talking about the fellowship, how we fellowship with you. Apostles, how he fellowship with the church. And with the use of the material supply, the material offering, and Paul used this part as a kind of fellowship with the church in Corinth. If I were Paul, I will just tell them, Hi, saints, remember your tidings. And that is the God's commandment in the Old Testament. Make sure okay, continue tidings. Paul did not say in that way. Even the word tidings is not mentioned here. In fact, in fact, tidings is the minimum practice of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we should something more than tidings. Like in the Old Testament, all the law are, if you kill someone, then you sin. In the New Testament, if you just anger with someone, you already commit murder. So the New Testament is always higher. The requirement is always higher than the Old Testament. What did Paul mention when Hector read about this part? And like in chapter 8, furthermore, furthermore, we know that you brothers, the grace of God, which has been given the church in Macedonia, they are in the poverty, they are in the depth of the poverty. Okay. I don't think they give one ten or they give tidings. Okay. <laughs> they, are, they have nothing left already. 
that the bottom okay, at the depth of the holiness say, oh, the saints in Macedonia, they give their tidings. Paul said, no, 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 no. They are not on top and take the first part tidings. No, they are on the bottom already, and they are the bottom of the they are the depth of the poverty, yet they are bounding unto riches with all generosity. You see, it is more more than tidings. Tide means one ten or ten percent. And they did not just give 10% here. They are abounded unto the riches because of their generosity, their liberality, their singleness. They just overflow. And this is how the apostle fellowship, this kind of fellowship is so sweet. I'll tell you later. Okay. This is the fellowship of the apostle. Again, uh, first letter, many of the saints are not happy with Apostle Paul. And now you ask Paul to talk about the money matter. It's not easy. They say, oh, forget it. But Paul is still quite frank and quite straight and with a loving heart, and full of light and revelation. This kind of fellowship to show them. Chapter 9, verse 1, concerning the supply, the supporting to the saints, he saying it is unnecessary, surplus for me to write to you, because mm, I know the saints in Macedonia, they already heard the church in Corinth. Of course, he did not say the church in Corinth. The province of Achaia, and inside the province of Achaia, there's a church called Corinth. And the church in Macedonia, they already heard. One year ago, do you want to contribute? Do you want to participate? Still nothing happened. <laughs> they already know. And this time, I'm not going to tell them, I'm not going to bring them to see, see you, but I will send a brother. You know, and until verse 5, the okay, apostle continued to mention the first principle. Okay. Remember, Brother Hector mentioned about the two principles of how God cared for his people. Number one is the miraculous law, and number two is natural law. These are how God cared for his people. This is apostle help the saints in Corinth. How God take care of our need. <clears throat> the first is miraculous law. That miraculous law just like chapter 8, verse 5, verse 15. That is by sending the manna. How God cared for his people. It's miracle. It is so miraculous. <clears throat> How can God care for two millions of people in the wilderness? And they even cannot sow the seed. They even cannot plant, cannot do irrigation. But God cared for them. By raining down the manna, it just feed them. Okay. That is the first law. 
the first way that God cared for us is in a miraculous way. And in verse 5, therefore, I thought it is necessary to ask a few brothers to go before you, before to you, and make ready beforehand. Make it prepared first. What you have promised before is a blessing. Your, your promised blessing that thus this might be ready as a blessing and not a matter of covetousness. Underline the word covetousness. Um, why did he mention covetousness? Because they did not know the way that God cared for God's people. How did God care for his people? He sent the manna, rain the manna. The manna is just like rain, just fall onto the tent, to the camp. And God said, every day, get an omer, Hector mentioned about an omer, but on Sabbath day, on the Saturday, you get two portions, because on Sabbath, on the sixth day, you get two portions, and next day, there will be no manna. Okay. Then they keep the regulation, and it remains properly. Everything is in order. Every day, just get your daily bread. But some are disobedient. They think, they say, okay, today is the first day. Let me just take more. So maybe tomorrow I don't need to get up. Um, I want some extra. And that one is covetous. What is covetous? That you gather, you keep more than what you have to. That become covetous, become greedy. On one hand, God cares for us in a miraculous way, but he doesn't want us to hold it. He doesn't want us to keep more than what we need. And um, this is, if you gather much, there will be no extra, there will be no excess. And if you gather little because of your weakness, and there will be no lack. That is God's care miraculously for his people. And Paul mentioned to the church in Corinth, this is how God cared for his children in a miraculous way. And learn to give. Just give. And just like the church in Macedonia. Are you able to speak to the church in Macedonia? Then the depth of their poverty, they give. <laughs> How about their future? But Paul, he knows God's way. He knows God's economy. He knows God's principle. God's principle is he cares for us in a miraculous way. <laughs> you know, he does not want his children to be greedy, to be covetousness to hold that it's supposed it's not supposed to be ours. No, God's people, if you need to keep, you keep because next day is Sabbath. But if next day is not Sabbath, you should not keep it, give it. Just give. Well, 
Did you ever realize that sometimes the church will find, oh, brother, oh, finance, we are a bit in shortage. Sometimes I say, Lord, why don't you just accept a millionaire to the church life, enjoy church life. Then you will just cover everything. Praise the Lord, then there will be no shortage. The Lord don't do this way. The Lord wants all his people able to experience him in this way. Give us daily bread. And in the midst of our poverty, we can abounding, abounded under the riches of our liberality. He gave all God's children have this opportunity to abound it with liberality, abounding in generosity. That's number one, how God cared for his people. And number two is from verse 6 to verse 15. Okay. <clears throat> but take note of this, that he who sows sparingly, that means he who sow little, who, who sow in a conservation, reservation way, shall also mm, little, rip little. Okay. You sow little, you rip little. Okay. You sow sparingly, you also sparing, rip sparingly. Okay. And he sow abundantly with blessing, shall also with blessing he will reap. That blessing means abundant. If you sow little, you reap little. If you sow abundantly, you reap abundantly. If you sow blessing, you know, the word with, that means upon. You sow upon the blessing, then you will also reap upon the blessing. Amen. That with means upon. <laughs> we not only okay with blessing, but you are sowing blessing. That you are sowing your abundance into it. And then you're going to reap in abundantly. Then you say, okay, now I'm going to keep pouring. Yes, you can pour in, and each one has purpose. He has purpose in his heart. That purpose, you learn to estimate, learn to calculate, learn to budget, purpose, plan. Each one, he has purpose according to a capacity in his heart, not out of sorrow or out of necessity. Okay? Don't give, but you sorrow. Okay? And you feel sour, and you feel, sure, why well, have to give this a calamity? Okay? Don't make your giving as a calamity. Do not make your giving as a kind of calamity. Oh, Lord, why well, have to give? Okay? Or don't give it, it as necessity, forcing. The Lord never forced us to do something. But God loves the cheerful giver. If you give happily, 
and God bless the cheerful giver. <clears throat> that is in Proverbs. Look at footnote 72, Proverbs 22, verse 8. God blesses a cheerful and liberal man. You know, that means liberal is the one who gives. You know, give in a cheerful way. All right. Um, well, in verse 6, you underline. Okay. So with blessing, and verse 7, you underline not out of sorrow. It is that good. Okay. Yeah. When we sow, we sow with blessing. But do not sow with sorrowful. Okay. And verse 8, you underline all grace. And verse 9, righteousness. Look, what is grace? And it turn grace into righteousness. In verse 8, he said, God is able to make all grace. That is all kind of grace. One kind of grace called liberality. Okay. That cheerful giver. God is able, be happy, be cheerful. God is able to make all kind of grace abound unto you. And one kind of grace is the cheerful giver. <clears throat> the second law is talking about God is the one who gives. And he can able to make all kind of grace abound unto you. That is everything always having all sufficient. You may abound unto every good works. And verse 9, even as it is written, he has scattered abroad. That scattered means so. He saw very broadly. And he also given to the poor. This is how God is doing. This liberality, that liberality, okay, that when he wants to sow, he is scattered abroad. He didn't just give you a little piece, but he sow abroad widely. Verse 9, he is sowing. And then he also give to the poor, regardless how poor you are. And that poor, in verse 9, footnote 3, no, footnote 2, that poor, the word used in Greek, is the one who forced to work and to do a kind of lowly work and in order to manage a kind of living. This is not just commonly poor, but the one that's poor, poor, that forced to do something. <clears throat> That is a very low job, lowly job. But God is the one he given to the poor. And then his righteousness abide forever. Did you see? He turned our liberation, our cheerful giving. This become grace. And that grace become righteousness before God and before men. Saints, did you ever see this kind of giving in God's eyes, that giving, that grace of giving become righteousness to God and to man? God just justified this. 
God said, this is right. And man also righteous. It's righteousness abides forever. Well, what we give is temporary. But the righteousness we receive abides forever. Amen. Verse 10. Now, this is the key verse I like most. You want to underline. He who bountifully supplies. Underline the word supplies. God is the source. God is the source of supply. He supplies seed to the sower. And he supplies bread for food. Oh, Lord. He is the seed giver. He gives us seed. He is the source of life. The seed bears the life. You know, this is the natural law. He gave us the seed because he is the source of life. As we talk about seed, is where the life is. But he gave us seed. That means he's the source of life. And not only cause us have seed, but he also caused us to sow. Not just have the seed, but you sow it. And while you sow, don't expect it's going to come right. Even you sow, you still need as the Lord mercy. Lord, if you did not send rain, even I sow, okay, it will not turn into the bread. It will not turn into the produce that make bread. In verse 10, he say, He who bountifully, bountifully supplies, Seed and the bread. Seed is before we labor. Bread is after we labor. On one hand, he caused us to sow. On the other hand, he also caused the seed to grow. This is how God cares for us. On one hand, he cares us in a miraculous way. On the other hand, he also caused us to know he is the source. This is, Lord, you are the seed giver, and you are also the bread giver. On one hand, okay, we sow the seed, but do not trust your sowing. You have to trust God. Lord, I already sow, but now you have to cause it growth so that it becomes the produce to become bread. Sometimes we feel, oh, I got the job, okay? I tell you, saints, okay? many people like me, the first time I got the job, I got the job, I was so happy. I said, wow, that's a lot, huh? Wow. It's big income. Imagine before I was a student, we received little stipend. And one day I got the job, start working. Was, wow, money is powerful, eh? and that's a lot of money. Saints, even you got a good job, don't trust that one. You say, Lord, I sow the seed, but you must cause the growth. <laughs> if you did not send the rain, this crop will not grow. <laughs> no, the Lord said, and this is a natural law. 
On one hand, we receive his miraculous law. On the other hand, we learn to trust him. That is natural law. We have the seed, we sow the seed, and we pray. Cause the seed to grow, and you are the one who gives bread. You not only give us seed, but you also give us bread. All right, for food. And will supply and multiply your seed and cause the fruit of your righteousness to increase. Another righteousness. Why God gave us the seed and the bread. It caused our righteousness to increase. Caused our righteousness to grow. This is a means for us to learn to be righteousness in God. This kind of giving caused our righteousness to increase. Verse 11. Oh, by the way, saints, you encircle that word supplies in verse 10. And it's opposite to the sparing in verse 6. Did you see? We, if we sow sparing, we're going to reap sparing. But here, God show us our God is not sparing. He is the God of who supply us. He is the source. He is the source of seed and bread. One is sparing, one is supplying. Wonderful. And you put on the line that connect to these two words. Amen. If we know our God is a God of supplying, then it, we will not sparing in sowing. We know, Lord, you're the supply. I just trust. I just pray for your mercy. <clears throat> and verse 11, you in everything are being enriched unto all liberality, which work out through us thanksgiving to God. And verse 12, because the ministry of this service is a good, there's a kind of ministry, there's a kind of service called supplying, called ministry. Because this kind of ministry, uh, the ministry of this kind of service is not only filling up the lack of the saints. When we do this, we fill up the lack of the saints that become righteousness. Not just for the saints, but also abounding through many things to God. Our giving is caused the saints to give thanks to God. Our giving is not so that if I give more, then the Lord will give me more. That is bribing. <laughs> that is not tithing. But we give so abounding through many thanksgiving to God then the saints will turn to God. The saints will give their thanks to God. The saints will be broken, will turn their heart to God. And that thanksgiving is come from verse 11, through us, thanksgiving to our God. You work out your... You're being enriched, your liberality, then through us, thanksgiving to God. And then here, another thanksgiving, the lack one, the one, the needy saints, 
they are bounding the thanksgiving to God. <clears throat> and then, verse 13, they, through the approving of the ministry. That is another word you want to underline. <clears throat> approving. Look at verse 13, footnote one. Well, Apostle Paul, he tell the church in Corinth, this kind of practicing, experiencing, is to make, through the approving of this ministry, footnote 31, approving by the needy saints in Judea of the Gentile believers' ministry to them. The Greek word for approving means test, trial, experiment. That your test will be approved. <clears throat> oh, Lord says, <clears throat> the Lord used this to approve us. He gave us the opportunity that our approving of this ministry glorify God. <clears throat> this indicates that the ministry to the saints will be test, tried, and approved by the saints to the proof the generous character of the ministry. You know, that this abounding become approving of the ministry. Who approve? The saints approve us. God approve us. This ministry approve us. This is so high. This is not just Apostle Paul is begging. You must give your tidings. This talking about by this, the fellowship of the ministry, the fellowship of the apostles, the fellowship of the body, the fellowship of God approve us. Verse 13, again, they are glorifying God. This kind of approving causes them to glorify God based upon the subjection unto the gospel of Christ that issue from your confession and upon the liberation of the fellowship to them and to all. Mm. You give it to Judea. They just approve this ministry. And this ministry is the ministry of the fellowship among the churches. Is the fellowship of the apostles. Did you see mm, that mm, through the supplying of the needy saints, it involved the fellowship of the apostles. And apostles used the need, the supplying of the needy saints as a means to fellowship with the believers, to fellowship with the churches. He is not asking any money, but he just, this is a fellowship. This fellowship bring you to the saints in Judea, approve you, and then they cause their things to you. Uh, through your liberation, they give their things to God. Oh, did you see this fellowship of the apostles? And then the apostle send the brothers to go to visit you. Ah, uh, 
What the fellowship? The entire body is in the fellowship. Paul mentioned to them, this is the fellowship of the body. Corinthians, we invite you to be a part of this fellowship. This is the fellowship of the apostles. That God is a God who miraculously cares for us. Learn to give. On the other hand, he's the source. He's the giver. And do not hope. He's the giver. Do not be greedy. Do not be covetous. And 14, while in peace, while in petition on your behalf, they also long after because of the surpassing grace upon you. The saints in Masid, the saints in Judea, they are long after you. They miss you. And while they're in a petition, while they're praying for you, they long after you because they know the surpassing of grace come out from Corinth. They saw you are already prepared for one year and you cannot hold it and you want to pour out just like the church in Macedonia and the saints in Corinth, they are longing to fellowship with you. <clears throat> and then the climax of this part is on verse 15. Oh, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Wow, this is an overflow. Saints, if we have real experience of how we give, how we pour, how we experience the liberality, the generosity, you will amen with me. How God gave us the gift, the grace poured upon us. We just say, oh, Lord, I just don't know how to describe. It's indescribable. This fellowship of the apostles bring the saints, bring the churches into this kind of enjoyment is indescribable gift. We all have this experience. I did not see anybody because of giving, they become poor. <clears throat> Rather, we saw the one who gave, they just experienced indescribable gift. You just cannot describe. You know, many times in our experience, say, Lord, I did not pour that much, but the way you pour for me, we just don't know how to describe. Apostles bring the churches into this kind of fellowship okay, with two kinds of principle. One is miraculous law, one is natural law. Okay. Amen. <clears throat>